So, all right, let's turn the Word of God to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. And again, Joshua chapter 2. And as we think about mothers, let me give you a couple of verses here. Let me give you a couple of great verses about motherhood. Of course, the world downplays being a mother today. You see all that's going on, especially the last week or so. The world downplays being a mother today. But of course, we know God himself and his word, right, lift up the position of being a mother. And of course, uh, godly women understood, as we see in the Bible, and understand today, godly women, that it was a blessing and is a blessing of God Amen, that made them mothers. Let me give you a couple verses here. John 17, verses 15 and 16, says this, And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. It says this in verse 16 of Genesis 17, And I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations." kings of people shall be of her. If you just take those two thoughts in verse 16, and I will bless her and she shall be a mother is really the main thought there. I'll bless her and she shall be a mother. And then I, uh, uh, Genesis 24, 60, uh, you know, when they uh, uh, found uh, Rebecca for Isaac and it, uh, her, her family is saying to her, she's preparing to go. It says, and they blessed Rebecca and said unto her, thou art our sister, be thou the mother of thousands of millions. Now listen, they're talking about her descendants there. Don't get nervous talking about her descendants there, right? Okay, just get that clear. But it says they blessed her, and what they say? Be thou a mother. Be thou a mother. Bless her. And I thought that's a great thought there. And then Psalm 113, verse 9, says this, He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother. Amen. Uh, that's what we need, a joyful mother. I pray that you're a joyful mother of children. Then it says, praise ye the Lord. Amen. If you're a joyful mother of children, amen, praise the Lord. If you have a mother that's joyful, children, praise the Lord. And then uh, when the Lord talks about wanting to be a blessing and help to his children, he says this in Isaiah 66, 13, as one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you. As one whom his mother got. Hey, listen, nobody comforts like uh, uh, mama. I can't believe it. You know, uh, 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 Eric and Sharon are still staying with us while they're looking for a home. But I can't believe it when, when uh, Victor is hurt or something's bothering him that he runs right by me. I'm like, dude, what's going on here? Right? Of course. <laughs> he runs right by uh, uh, dad. You know, when the kid, child's hurting, they want mama because they know nobody gives hugs and love like Mama, and the Lord says, hey, that's how he wants you. Just like Mama takes you up in her arms, that's how the Lord wants to take you up. Hey, uh, you, you uh, feeling down, a little bit discouraged? Hey, the Lord wants to take you up in his arms this morning, amen, and comfort you as a mother comforts. But what a thought, amen. Again, there's no one like mother. So look at Joshua chapter 2 here. Uh, Joshua chapter 2 may seem like a strange uh, place to start for Mother's Day, but uh, Joshua chapter 2, when we'll read verses 1 through 21 says this, And Joshua the son of Nun sent out, Shid, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went out and came into the harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. 
And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, uh, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thy house, for they be come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. Whither the men went, I wot not. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. Verse 7, And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan under the fords, and as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water out of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you swear to me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true, and give me a true token." And that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our life for yours, if ye utter not our business. And it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town hall and she dwelled the town wall and she dwelled upon the wall. And she said to them, Get you to the mountain lest the pursuers meet you and hide yourselves there three days until the pursuer be returned, and afterward may you go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brother and all the father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of the house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. And if thou utter this, our business, then we shall be quit of thine oath which thou hast made us to swear. Verse 21, And she said, According unto your word, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed. And she bound the scarlet line in the window. Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning through the blood and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, Lord, we just praise you, we glory in you, we boast in you. And Lord, we thank you for your great love and the great love that you bestowed upon us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Lord, we thank you, uh, Lord, for that position of mother, uh, dear God. And we thank you, uh, dear God, that we even have a day that we can uh, set aside to recognize 
our mothers and honor them. And Lord, you told us to honor them and we want to honor them, dear God. And we pray that you would bless uh, the mothers of this church, dear God. And Lord, we thank you for the godly mothers we have. We thank you for uh, the mothers that have made the right decisions uh, to come alongside, uh, Lord, their husbands, but many uh, even on their own to raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And we thank you, God, and bless their testimony. And uh, just continue, dear God, to meet uh, their needs and use them in a mighty way. Now, Lord, again, we pray today if there's somebody here listening that's not saved, Lord, we pray that the Holy Ghost conviction would fall upon that heart. And even this day, uh, dear God, they would put their trust in the death, burial, resurrection, and shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, you know what's going on in uh, hearts and homes and, and needs there might be, maybe some unspoken requests. Lord, we think of those that are going to be traveling. We think of Priscilla and Sister Judy and others. Lord, watch over them. We think of Sonny uh, this morning and uh, others with need. Lord, thank you that Sister Carpenter's here this morning and continue to touch her and her brother uh, Phil, dear God, and uh, the needs that they have. And Lord, just many other things. God, we lay at your feet and we trust you this morning. Now again, help us as we look at the word of God that in everything Jesus Christ should have the preeminence and get glorified. For it's in his precious name we pray. Amen. And so as uh, we look at here in the, the thought of Rahab this morning, I want to look at this thought, the thought of uh, an unlikely godly mother, <laughs> an unlikely godly mother. Of course, when we think of Rahab, we always think about this story. But if you see the full story and you read the full story about Rahab in the Word of God, you see that, hey, uh, she starts off as an unlikely godly mother. So let's look at that first. Of course, it says about her, she's in the, uh, the uh, Hall of Fame of Faith. It was what we call Hebrews 11. It says this about her in verse 31. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not, when she had received the spies with peace. You know, Rahab, as you study her life, is a great example of the verse, Romans 5.20, a great example of that verse. Of course, Romans 5.20 says this, but where sin abounded, grace did what? Much more, amen, much more abound. And boy, you can certainly see that in the life of Rahab. And so have we seen in other scriptures, uh, we think of the, the maniac of Gadara and others, that no case is too hard for God. No case is too hard for God, and God can turn anyone, doesn't matter where he finds them, amen? Aren't you glad comes to, God comes to you where you are, amen? Just like he came to that maniac, he came to Rahab where she was, and he can turn anyone into a trophy of his grace. And, of course, that's exactly what he did in the life of Rahab. And so Rahab went from doing the wrong thing with her body to doing the right thing with her heart doing the right thing with her heart. So as we see here, she lived in a place that was under the judgment of God. She lived in a place that was under the judgment of God. And boy, we can certainly say that's where we live today. That's where people live today, in a place that's under the judgment of God. Of course, God had told Israel that as they enter the land, the people there would hear of their great exploits, or we might say God's great exploits through his people. And that's what it is, right? As you read that, you read about God's great exploits through his people. That's what you read when you read about the Acts of the Apostles. You're reading what? The Acts of God through his 
people. So God had told Israel when they entered land that people would hear of their victories and fear them and their God. Let me give you a couple verses here. In Exodus 15, Exodus 15, verses 14 through 16, it says this, God talking to his people, the people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold of the inhabitants of Palestina. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed, the mighty men of Moab. Trembling shall take hold upon them, and all the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the greatness of thine arm, they shall be as still as a stone. Till thy people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over, which thou hast purchased. And so we see that that Rahab gave testimony that that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. So the people of Jericho had this fear. And Rahab gave testimony that she had this fear. But the great thing that Rahab did is she allowed the great fear of God, amen, to turn her heart into a great faith in God. And that's what we want to see happen, right? Sometimes you'll, you'll preach the message on hell. You'll say, oh, you're just trying to scare people. Hey, what we're trying to do is give these people a, 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 a holy a biblical fear of God that they might turn that fear of God, amen, into a great faith in God and desire him. And we see that's exactly what happened in Rahab's heart, amen. She feared like everyone else, but thank God that she allowed that fear to lead her to a faith in God. You know, the Bible says the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. So we see here that she understood that God, I think she saw this, she understood that the God of Israel that delivered them wanted to deliver her too. The God of Israel that delivered them wanted to deliver her too. And that's what we want people to understand. I'm glad they can say, hey, hey, I'm glad I can give testimony. Hey, everybody, I want you to know God delivered me. God saved me. God transformed my life. And you know what? What he did for me, what he did for us, he'll do for you too. If you're here this morning, you're not saved, you're listening in. Hey, listen, we got a church here full of people that have been born again by the grace of God that have been transformed through the blood, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we want you to know what he's done for us, he'll do for you. And Rahab understood that. What God had done for them, he wanted to do for her. I love this uh, uh, ver- statement in verse 12. Now, therefore, uh, Rahab talking, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house. And I love this statement. And give me, look at this, a true token. What a statement. A true token. And then uh, drop down to verse 18, where it says this. Behold, when we come into land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet. Look at this. Thread in the window, which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brother and all thy father's house hold come unto thee. So this line of scarlet thread, amen, was an example or represented the true token Amen. That they left with her a true token. And of course, this line of scarlet is a wonderful picture, if you will, of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see scarlet all through the word of God. When God gave commandment uh, for uh, uh, Israel to build the tabernacle, notice what it says here in Exodus 26. Verse 1 says, Moreover, thou shalt make the tabernacle. With ten curtains of fine twine linen, we know that that represented, right, righteousness, 
and blue and purple, all those colors represented something. And it says, and scarlet. And scarlet was supposed to be intertwined with those curtains that were put upon the tabernacle. And then in verse 31, it talks about the veil. We know much about uh, the veil. It says, and thou shalt make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twine linen of cunning work with cherubims shall it be made. So there, right? Uh, so they said, hey, uh, put this in the window, amen? And uh, that is we're giving you a token to let you know that we are going to be true to our word when we come back. So you can sort of say it this way. They were saying this, when we see the scarlet thread, we will pass over you, amen? That's what they were saying, right? We all know the saying, hey, Jesus said there at the Passover, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And this represented that. And so they were saying to Scarlet, hey, if you'll, uh, to Rahab, if you'll leave that scarlet thread there, hey, when we see the scarlet thread, we will pass over you. Amen. And that's what the Lord said. Aren't you glad that the Lord, amen, if you apply the blood, amen, when God brings his judgment, he will pass over you. Amen. Aren't you glad we can say there's still power in the blood of Jesus Christ? And they told her in verse 14 that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. What a wonderful, what a wonderful statement. You see, the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. And again, as I always say, make much about the blood of Jesus Christ. When you witness to people, don't be afraid to talk about the shedding of the blood of, of Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't be afraid to talk about, oh, well, that sounds messy. That sounds, oh, no, it was messy. Hey, sin is a messy thing. Sin messes up lives. And so it required a, a messy sacrifice, if you a bloody sacrifice. So don't be afraid. Don't back away. Amen. Uh, from uh, the sacrifice and what he went through to pay the price. Amen. You know, you see these these paintings and a little blood here. And I don't like those paintings. They make like, Jesus look like some uh, weakly uh, a man upon the tree. No, he suffered greatly and he gave all of his blood. Amen. On our behalf. And so we need to realize that the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ is God's true token that he will deal kindly and truly with us. Amen. Thank God this month I can celebrate that for 35 years. Amen. Despite what's gone in my life, God has been dealing kindly and truly with me. Amen. Despite my failures, despite my shortcomings. Amen. Doesn't matter how bad I've messed it up these last 35 years. God has always dealt kindly and truly with me. Amen. Because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that has been applied to my, to my life and is still working on my behalf. Amen. The blood is still working. And so they promised her this deliverance. So turn over to chapter 6 and we see this deliverance. We'll just look at verses 22 through 25. John, uh, Joshua chapter 6, Joshua chapter 6, verses 23 to 25 say this. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath as ye swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and of iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. <laughs> and notice verse 25. 
and Joshua saved Rahab. Amen. We know what, what's Joshua mean? What's Joshua mean? Right. Amen. That is true. Joshua saved Rahab. I want to say Joshua is still in the saving business. Amen. Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household, and all that she had. And she dwelleth Israel even unto this day, because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Now notice that statement, she dwelleth in Israel unto this day. Hey, uh, I just want to give a, a news update. I just want to give a news update about Rahab. Huh? I just want to say that verse has been updated. She dwelleth in heaven unto this day. Amen. There's an update to that verse. Now, back then when they said it, I'm true. I'm sure she was dwelling in Israel unto that day. But hey, I'm glad thousands of years later we can give an update to that verse. We can say, hey, Joshua saved Rahab and she dwelleth in heaven unto this day. Amen. Because she put her trust, amen, in the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we see she was in a place of, uh, uh, she lived in a place that was under judgment and a place that was under great fear. But thank God she did the right thing. She let that great fear of God turn her heart into a great faith in God. And it transformed her life and the life of all those that she had influence. You see, who was in that house? Everybody that she had influence with was in that house, you see? And I'm sure she might have invited some other people, but for whatever reason, she didn't have enough influence. But those that she could influence got into the house. So we need to realize, hey, maybe we're not going to be able to influence everybody. But as we go out throughout our day, God, if I could just influence somebody to get into the safe house, amen? If I can influence somebody to come into the ark, if I can influence somebody to come to Jesus, if I can influence somebody to put their trust in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And so uh, we see there that she put out that uh, scarlet so we can sort of say, say this, amen? She went from being a harlot to trusting in the scarlet, amen? <laughs> That's what she did, amen, and trusted Jesus Christ. So we see the witness of her faith. Now, uh, let me ask this question. If you could name some individuals, right? All right, trivia question. If you could name some individuals that you might consider great types of Christ in the Old Testament... Amen. Somebody give me a name. Who somebody might say is a great type? Joseph, right. Great type of Christ. David. David, right. A, a, a king. Somebody. Oh, not that David, okay. Not, he is not 3,000 or something years old. I can guarantee you. You're not, you're not still going to have hair like that. Amen. To be 3,000 or something years old. Right? I think he's about 1,560. But anyways. All right. Somebody else. Another name. You might consider a great type of Christ in the Bible. Right. Well, we know Melchizedek, right? Uh, a great uh, uh, type there. Of course, they, people think that might have been Christ uh, there, right? A Christophany there. But of course, hey, how can we not go through them and think of who? Think of Boaz, right? When we read the book of Ruth, what do we think? We think of Boaz, the great kinsman redeemer, the great kinsman. So we have David, right? He was an example as our, of our great king, Melchizedek, a wonderful picture of our great priest. And then Boaz, a great picture of our kinsman redeemer. Let me give you some verses. You can turn over there if you want in the book of Ruth, right? Uh, uh, in, in the book of Ruth, it says uh, this, uh, all right? Uh, in Ruth 4.21, it says, And Salmon begat Boaz, and Boaz beget Obed. 
In verse 22 of Ruth 4, it says, And Obed beget Jesse, and Jesse beget David. Now, notice those last two verses again of Ruth 4. I mean, those verses in Ruth 4. Again, I'm going to read them again. And Salmon begat Boaz. So who was Boaz's father? Salmon. Now, you hear these verses, right? You read the same statements again in the book of Matthew. But something is added to it in the book of Matthew. In Matthew 1, 5, and 6, it says this. And Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab. And Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. And Matthew 1 verse 6 says, And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon. And so we know that story. So Christ is known with who? One of, the, one of the titles or one of the things that Christ is known of in the Word of God is what? The son of David. The son of David. Well, David's great-great-grandfather is Salmon. And who was Salmon's wife? Rahab. Rahab. So Boaz was Rahab's son. And it says this of Boaz in Ruth 2.1, And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. Verse 20 of Ruth 2 says this, And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, for he hath not left off his kindness to the living to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, This man is near kin unto us, one of our next kin. So obviously, we can see as we study Rahab's life and the connections that she has with others in the Word of God, and of course, Boaz as her son, that Rahab obviously had a great faith that she passed on to her son Boaz. Perhaps one of the reasons as we, as we look at the way that Boaz, uh, 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 the way he treated Ruth, the way he showed it, he was truly, uh, uh, it says there, uh, what did they say to Rahab? It says, we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Well, if we look at Boaz's interaction with Ruth, we see that he dealt deal what? Kindly and truly with her. And perhaps the reason Boaz was so gracious to Ruth was because his mother was a Gentile and he had heard her testimony and knew what God had done in her heart and that if he could do it in mama's heart, he could do it in anyone's heart. So I think about, this made me think about Timothy and what Paul said to Timothy about his mother. Again, 2 Timothy 1.5 says, When I called remembrance the unfeigned faith, that what? First in thy grandmother Lois, but in thy mother. He says, Timothy, I remember the unfeigned faith in thy mother, Eunice, and I persuaded that in thee also, right? He says, Timothy, I believe you have an unfeigned faith. Of course, Brother Curtis talked about that last week, right? And we believe that that was passed on by your mother. And so I, we could, I think the same thing could be said about Boaz. I think Boaz showed an unfeigned faith in his testimony. And I believe that one can say, hey, Boaz, in you, I see an unfeigned faith that obviously was passed on to you by your mother. You see, the unfeigned faith that was in Mother Rahab, I believe, was, pers was persuaded into Boaz also. We see some things about Boaz in verse 18 of chapter 3 of Ruth. Naomi talking to, uh, uh, to Ruth says, said this, Then says she, Sit still, my daughter. Boy, these girls get so anxious when they think a boy likes them. Sit still, right? Sit still, right? Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For look at this. For the man will not be in rest until he hath finished the thing this day. You see, what did they understand about Boaz? He was a man of his word. When he started something, 
He finished it like we heard about our Savior in Sunday school this morning, right? He finished the work that he was given to do. And Boaz had that testimony. Hey, he gave you his word. He said he's going to do something and he'll not rest until that work is complete. And then we see where the transaction took place in Ruth 4. It says this, And Boaz said unto the elders and to all the people, you are witness this day, look at this, that I have bought, that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion's and Malone's of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth, the Moabitess, the wife of Malone, have I purchased, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren, and from the gate of his place your witnesses this day. And all the people that were in the gate and the other said, we are witnesses. You see, he finished the task. It says, he says, I bought everything. He says, I purchased Ruth. And then what does that, those words mean? means he redeemed her. He redeemed her. Here's a good verse that shows both of those thoughts. Psalm 74, 2 says this, Remember thy congregation which thou hast purchased of old, the rod of thine inheritance which thou hast redeemed, this Mount Zion whereon thou hast dwelt. So what a beautiful thought that we see where Rahab started and then where she end up, an unlikely mother. Now, usually we think in uh, uh, Proverbs 31, we'll finish up with that. Proverbs 31, you know the great question. What's the great question of Proverbs 31, right? Who can find a virtuous woman? Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Virtue has to do with having godly character and Christ-likeness. Oh, who can find a woman in this day and age that, that's godly? Who can find a woman this day that has Christ-like character? Virtue, right? Virtue, right? You notice there it says, and add to your faith. Virtue, the first thing. The first thing was virtue. Why? Because virtue should be a garden from which desirable qualities blow and groom in your Christian life, in your Christian life. Now look at this, it says this, Proverbs 31, 21. I thought this was, this is the tie-in here if you want to think of it that way. It says this about that woman in Proverbs 31. She's not afraid of the snow for her household. Look at this, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. <laughs> Whoa, what a testimony. All her household is clothed with scarlet. What a beautiful spiritual picture that makes. All her children are clothed entire. All her household is clothed in scarlet. All her household is covered in the blood. If you look at a spiritual application there, what a wonderful. And that isn't that the prayer of a mother? Isn't that a mother's heart, a, a godly mother, a Christian mother, that all their children, amen, would be clothed and covered in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? Certainly that's the desire of any virtuous Christian mother's heart. And then Proverbs 31, 28 says, Her children shall arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. You see, the home, the home. Boy, you don't like, people don't like to say this today, but the, the home should be a woman's first place of importance and influence. Let me say that again. In 2022, amen, according to the Word of God, the home should still be the woman's first place of importance and influence. We don't have to be afraid to say that. Amen. They want to protest. Well, I don't I get care. I'll be glad to say it out from a speaker in front of them. Don't want to get sidetracked there. But that should still, amen, that's still the word of God. That's still the Bible 
principle. So the question again is, who can find a virtuous woman? Think about this, virtuous woman. A harlot would definitely not qualify for that title. A harlot would definitely not qualify for that title. But there's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. So no matter your background, no matter your background in Christ, through God, you can be a virtuous woman. You can be a godly mother that passes on an unfeigned faith to your children. You say, who can find a virtuous woman? God can. God can find a virtuous woman, and he can find one in the most unlikely of places because he's God. He's God. God can find a virtuous woman in the most unlikely of places because God has the process by which to turn any woman, any woman, into a virtuous woman and a godly Christian mother, no matter her starting point, no matter her starting place. You see, this wonderful story of Rahab shows us that life is not about where we started Life is about where we ended up, and hopefully we end up in the arms of Jesus and under the blood, amen, and the power of his death, burial, and resurrection. It shows us that a woman is a virtuous woman and that a woman is a godly Christian mother, not just because of any natural traits, but she, because she has given her heart to Jesus Christ. And he worked in her heart. And he made her that virtuous woman. And he made her that godly mother, despite wherever she may have started. What a wonderful truth that we can pass on, amen, to anyone. So today as we finish up, we're thankful for our mothers today. Amen, we celebrate them. But it is also, even as we celebrate our mothers, it's also a good day for mothers Amen. I thank God uh, for my mother. Listen, a lot of things happened in my life. You know, you've heard me tell my testimony. And even when I was out on the street, people would say, well, what about your mother? I'd say, don't say anything against my mother. Amen. Doesn't matter what happened to me. I loved my mother and I thank God for my mother. And so as we're thankful for mothers today, may I also say it's a good day for mothers to be thankful. A good day for mothers to be thankful to God that despite wherever they may have started in life, today they sit here, amen, a virtuous woman. Today they sit here, a godly woman. Today they sit here as a Christian mother, amen, that has had part in doing what they could by the grace of God to raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So while we, uh, 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 maybe your background uh, uh, wasn't like hers and maybe you were raised in a Christian home, and th listen, thank God for that. So as we thank God for mothers, may we also say it's a good day for mothers to be thankful for what God has done in their life, amen, and allowed them, amen, to be the mother that they are today, amen. So amen, we thank God for mothers and may mothers be thankful for what the Lord has done in their life. So really, hey, maybe you didn't start off uh, that bad, maybe you're raising, but listen, still, 
even if you were raised in a Christian home, even if you've know, ever known that kind of life. Listen, just the fact that you're here today, it's still the grace of God that you're here today. It's still the grace of God that you were able to stay a godly mother. It's still the grace of God that you were able to stay a virtuous woman. It's still the grace of God, amen, that you had those children and were able to raise them for the Lord. Let's pray.